We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith Weekly Radio Show. Sorry about the delay; we couldn't um, couldn't get the computer to work <laughs> as usual. So this week I'm joined by Ben, as always. Hello. And Sai. Hello, lads. <laughs> uh, another week of apps misery for Newcastle fans. Um, Pre-meg. None of us really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, lads. Really, even one of the two is a lethal. Wanted to do this radio show, but here we are to talk again about how terrible everything is about Newcastle. Uh, we'll start by looking at the Palace game. Si, start with you. What went wrong? Can you sum that up, or what went wrong? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bit of a cop out, but like, just how you answer that by saying what went right, and probably the first nine minutes went right. <laughs> Nobody saw that. He say scoring it was a decent goal as well. Yeah, it was. It was a good goal. Um, and then everything proceeded to, to just return to this, the same old nonsense straight after. Um, I, I don't know. I don't want to give Pardew too much credit here. Not not just of bias against him or anything like that. I don't think Crystal Palace were that good. The win. I think they were quite fluky with some of their goals. The ball was bouncing to one of their players in our box a lot. Like we were crap. There's no, there's no defending how bad we were, and we absolutely deserved to get thumped. But the scoreline still flattered a little bit. But um, I don't know. What went right? Nothing went right. What went wrong? All the same usual things. Paul Dummett was absolutely disgraceful. He's not a left-back. He was nowhere near his man for like three of the goals. He was just retreating, but about a good ten yards from anyone, and yeah. just left players at the edge of the box. And he, he, really, he really seriously struggled, didn't he? He, just, he, he was just, just so poor. Colaccini was, was shocking again, like absolutely terrible. Yeah. You, you don't really notice Mbemba, and I'm just choosing to think that that's probably a good thing. He's, he's maybe not that bad. He's just cruising through these games yeah, he's conceded five goals but he's not really the one who's responsible you didn't notice him doing anything wrong he's just kind of stuck in the middle of all these idiots making <laughs> mistakes and then Anita 
Again, Anita Callback back in the mix, back in the four four five one, back literally on the toes of the centre halves. Anita was in the way for two of the goals, like it's just on like in the way of one of the other Newcastle players. I think the first goal he's like running into Callback, like literally on his feet. And the second one he comes charging towards um or second or third goal, he comes charging towards and Bember or someone and just literally like just just they just collide and he's just in the way, like when he's part of a six man defence and just it's just we, we can't stop conceding. Yeah. Everything went wrong, Mickey. Everything. I totally agree. The, again, looking at the individual goals, some of the defending is just beyond a joke. Like they've got they're getting shots away with nobody within ten yards of them inside the box. It's just mm-hmm. it's just unforgivable. It's a level of incompetency at the back that is it's genuinely quite staggering. I don't think there's We've many seen other some teams over the years as well, haven't we? I know. I don't think there's many other teams in the league that are putting in defensively such abysmal performances week after week because and it just the general play is horrendous but individual moments of like just total and utter ineptitude defensively is is baffling how these players can class themselves as as Premier League Premier League defenders is absolutely beyond me it, it's an absolute joke Ben I'm going to ask you the hardest question of the day is there anything any positives we can take out of that game? That it wasn't more? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it was only a four-goal deficit. Um, yeah, just just echo what size play. I mean, McLaren's got to take a lot of stick for it as well, just in terms of the way they set out. Really, the one thing we we need to be away from home is difficult to play against, difficult to beat, but just Wijnaldum and Sissoko were just far too... Pushed up, pushed up far too high, really. That every time the the ball um, was lost, it was just a free for all. Their players were were bombing on forward, um, and you, you're criticising Anita and Colback, but they're they're out outnumbered every time. Yes, they're, they're terrible at, at the the jobs they're asked to do. Neither of them are hold a defensive <laughs> midfielder, um, and they, they clearly look like yeah. they don't know what they're doing. But like, what what are they doing in those positions? And and they're completely isolated in terms of. Um, just the, the support that they don't know how to play the position and they were getting overrun by MacArthur of all people um, Abs looked like a, a will beater he did and he's, he's awful exactly um, I mean he's I mean, it's, <laughs> he, he didn't look out of place in that Wigan side that got relegated a few years ago and, and, and he was made to look as like as if he was one of the best players on the pitch mm-hmm. um, and just I think just the way as I say the, the way they were set up Wijnaldum and Sissoko were completely out of the game that they needed yeah. to be dropping a lot deeper just to help out I would have rather have gone there and just had two banks of four, just and and just sit in and be be difficult for a bit, make things get get Palace frustrated. I mean, you look how effective it was for Sunderland um, the Monday, the other Monday night when we were watching. I mean, it was the most dire worst game of football you'll ever see, but it worked because Palace just ran out of ideas. They didn't really have a response to it, and then it allowed Sunderland uh, to go up and nick a goal at the other end. If we'd have just tried, if just even tried it for for. T- no, but no, nah, we're, we're just... Yeah, we, we can't contain teams at all. We've, we haven't got the players to do it for a start. Like, Callback and Nita, just by playing them really deep doesn't make that happen. Mm-hmm. Two really small midfielders who don't have like a presence, a physical presence, it just it, it doesn't work. Um, and the other point you made, yeah, Sissoko and Woody Allen were just miles away from everything out of the game. It's I think it was West Ham earlier in the season where we said mm-hmm. the front five, five, six players, there was about ten yards between every one of them. It was just a massive... Like just their half of the pitch was just there was were no threat. There's no way we're going to get get linger past the ball around. Like after the first ten minutes, we're just 
it just became an absolute disgrace again. And I didn't even watch it at the end, but <laughs> like I've seen the highlights since, and just oh, I don't know. You know I just I don't think I'm sick of it. To be honest, yeah, I'm, I'm we did score a good goal. I did. <laughs> <laughs> did I score a good goal. Yeah. I haven't scored a good goal. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's fair enough. Yeah, that's about it. I'm, I'm going to talk about McLaren in general and whether he's going to lose his job in a second. But there's one thing that needs to be discussed specifically for me, and it's possibly the worst substitution I think I've, I've seen in my entire life. At three was it three one and a half time? Was it mm-hmm. Two or three one yeah, and a half three, time? Yeah, three. Yeah. Takes off Perez and puts on Lascelles mm-hmm. to play <laughs> an, another new formation. <laughs> Five at the back. Three centre-halves, which is not what we needed. We weren't getting ran down the middle. It was all coming wide. What? What is that? What is that? What's that substitution? It's Why? just a farce. Uh, it's desperation, isn't it? Everything, nothing was working. Um, is, he, is he trying to shut that game down and lose the 3-1? Probably. I think he's just trying to stop the... <laughs> Stop! Stop the uh, the bleeding at the back, really. Um, but he's done it. He's done well it done. completely the wrong way. He, for me, he should, what he should have done is shown up the centre of midfield and, and dragged Tosoko and mm-hmm. Wijnaldum, as you say, back and get them to mark the fullbacks and do a job on the wingers. What mm-hmm. what Colaccini and uh, and Bemba think at that point as well? Oh, he's put another centre half in to help her away to Crystal Palace, like it, against Conor Wickham. It's, I mean, on his own. On his own. On his own. I just I, I, three yeah, defenders. It, it really did. It was one of those mind-boggling changes, and and he's done a few already this season. I, oh man, McLaren. That was the that was the point when I finally decided <laughs> that the next question. It didn't uh, help that Lascelles came on and the first thing he did was duck under a, 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 a course and uh, scored from well. yeah. yeah. Um, oh, but man. that that substitution was the, the straw that put the camel's back for me. I think McLaren should lose his job. Do you? <laughs> the camel's back has been broken for a long time, Mickey. <laughs> Sai, do you think McLaren should go? Absolutely. He's, he's, there's no point in him staying. He, he's not. He's not got it. He's, he's not. What is it? I, I don't. He I, hasn't. I, but whatever it is, he hasn't got it. But I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about the start of the season. Like, yeah, he didn't, didn't do great at Derby. He did all right twenty one of the times he was there, and he's not. You know, for for a manager who should have that much experience by this stage, if he can't just 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 make a team try, then it, there's no there's no hope from. It's pointless. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to make that that squad of players do any better than they're doing now. He needs someone who's going to come in now. Obviously, the next question is who the hell else do you get? And it's, it's really difficult to answer that question at this stage. There's people you'd like, but who we would get is yeah, is really small, small um, Did selection. Did you watch the Class of '92 documentary? I've watched the first part of it. I'm going to watch the second right, one. I'm not going to ruin. I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but <laughs> no spoilers. I think you might already know that they sat the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah they just bring in these two Rages. really like aggressive nutcase blokes. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> what, isn't it though if Colaccini turned up now he's been terrible for three or four years in a row if he turned up now and some Geordie just screaming in his face <laughs> I'm not sure it, it only works though if it's a manager who's got some respect like we tried this yeah. with Sunes many years gonna, ago I was going like, to say it's a bit different that that's like non-league football that like yeah. you can get away with that there I can't imagine like some you basically turning up <laughs> screaming into Soko's face is going to get any more out of him <laughs> The lad who sits behind me, get him in the dressing room. Sissoko! <laughs> I'd love um, the chance to tell Sissoko how I feel about him. That would be probably the best few minutes of my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you think you think we should get rid of him? I Bearing think, in I, mind, I'd take, I'd take anyone else now. Just you, you, you we, wanted you wanted a new manager after after the pod. You like four four years of just like getting really stale. Yeah, we had one good season, but it was getting stale. And after the farce that was John Carver, which nobody asked for. You just wanted something new, and we're mm-hmm. kind of 
You, we wanted, we wanted yeah. to give McLaren the benefit of the yeah. doubt. And, and when, when he came in, he, he was sort of saying all the right things about mm. like a change, about you know, and and he was even saying stuff like, "Oh, it might, it might take a while, but there's n- we're a third of the way through the season now. He's had the best part of twenty games if you include cups and stuff, and there's been no improvement whatsoever. That's mm-hmm. it, absolutely yeah. nothing. I mean, we spoke we spoke on the podcast which uh, you lads missed uh, on. Uh, we did it on Sunday night, but we're basically just saying the same thing that he, McLaren just he doesn't look like he's got a plan, yeah. um, and the, the substitutions he made that you, you say there just typified that that he he didn't really know how to stop it, yeah. and he, it's not like he's he's playing against one of the great minds of his generation here. It was Alan Pardew, um who couldn't work out how to break down uh, the, one of the worst teams in the league in Sunderland. It, they didn't need to do anything special. It was basically just wait for Newcastle to to, to turn the. <laughs> Turn uh, on on themselves and we gifted them goals and it's mm. just far too easy and and he's got no answer. I mean he he's got a regardless of the the players. I mean it's easy to say the players aren't playing for him and yeah that's that's fair enough. And part of that is his fault, part of it yeah. isn't. But at the same I mean, time you've got to you've got to have an answer for something. Make changes like drop drop players if they're not working hard for it. At the end of the day you've he's got one opportunity basically. Um, and and he's lucky to have this given the sort of last couple of jobs he's done. I mean, Forest and Derby. I feel like he's not even that bothered. Like he just comes out with the same kind of nonsense, boring. Yeah, it's not good enough. We were really poor today. Yes, we're really poor. We've been really poor for mm-hmm. eight weeks now. What? That's the same. I mean, it's the, the players are coming out the same thing as well. I mean, Yamat yeah, and Dummett over the last couple of weeks have been saying, "Oh yeah, we're, we're embarrassed and all this," but they're not showing it on the pitch, which is yeah. where Matt is and. At the end of the day, I, I think there's far, far too many players it's there just just coasting. They're waiting yeah, for it all it's, there. It's, it's the it's the capitulation. Re- rescued. It's, it's the capitulations. Like I don't know how many times it's happened this season, but it's been happening for years. So there must be something about that squad of players that you know that the heads drop. And it, it's, it's almost it, like watching a team of ten year olds, doesn't it? Yeah, but it happened again. Like the, the first goal was a bit spawny. It was a deflected goal. Yes, all right. Anita and Colbeck went nowhere, and they're just queuing up at the edge of the box, but it was still scuffed in off off Dummett. and. Um, how how from there you go to conceding four more goals against a Palace side who just aren't that good? It just it just reeks of they're just like the the goal goes in and think oh here we go again and in their head they're thinking well we're gonna we're gonna lose. And they they didn't do anything special there either. No. It's not as if they made any changes that instigate the change. They, they just carried on playing their way and we let them play it. Five one flattered them and it was I, I think I I don't think I'm unfair in saying they were a bit lucky at times but the result was absolutely deserved at the same time because of how little we tried to stop it from happening and if, if McLaren can't at the very least just, just stop the rot to stop conceding goals someone like and it, it, it annoys me that Allardyce is doing the absolute opposite he's, they're not playing any better football they've just stopped conceding he's just made them stop conceding and they, they picked up the odd draw well, they're, they're not playing then, football but it's no, it's no, what they need it's what you need when you're in a scrap when we're, yeah. getting, when we're getting no points on the board you have to resort to something just to get things moving again and he's not he's just I don't know. I just, it's getting upset and talking about it. It's depressing. It's utterly depressing. Uh, in his after-match interview, I can't, I can't remember the exact quote, and I, I couldn't be bothered to look it up because I hate thinking about him. But <laughs> Pardew came out and said that he basically didn't want to say anything about Newcastle because it always gets taken the wrong way and always gets taken as a negative. But he hopes to turn it around. Um, it's the kind of same drivel that he always comes out with about how he's still got like feelings for Newcastle. Blah blah blah. Don't, I don't care at all what you say. Pardew, but is it about time we start giving him a bit of credit for the way he's got Palace playing and how he's got them in the league? Ben, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, at the end of the day, the the credit for how Palace are at the minute, I think, goes back to Pulis when he took over. He turned them from 
rele- relegation follow basically it was a similar the, the, they were in the similar plight to Leicester um, when Pearson turned that around they they were going nowhere they were going down um, I think it was Holloway and um, Warnock was it Holloway that brought them up and Warnock that was a uh, caretaker so. manager for a bit um, and they were going just going nowhere and then Pulis came in and, and steadied the ship and and they got organised and then the managers that have since come in have sort of built on that um, and Pardew's just reaping the benefits of the fact that he's got players that he's not really changed this, this, this sort of the style of play so much he's probably given Balassi and, and Zaha a bit more freedom to go and, and do what they do well which fair, like that's credit to him fair play and, mm. and he he, I think the only reason they got Kabai was probably off the back of him as well. The fact that yeah. Kabai worked with them before, who's been a brilliant player for them this season. So yeah, give him credit for things like that. But um, he, he, it, you can't say he's he's sort of turned this Palace team into a, into a sort of a, a a good team. I think the the foundations were already there for him. I think it would have been a comfortable job. And and the fact that the fans are on sort of on on his side straight away just makes it a lot easier. He he basically could have could have gone in and struggled a bit, but. That sort of um, the atmosphere, I guess it's quite. A, the, obviously, people say the the team get behind them. Uh, sorry, the the crowd get behind the team a lot, and it's a good uh, atmosphere at Palace. And I think it's it was a perfect situation for him to go into where he's loved. The the fans were going to give him time, and and the, <laughs> it's a it's a really sort of nice atmosphere for him to go into. Whereas obviously at Newcastle, it wasn't the same sort of thing. And yeah. I, but I think any, anyone could have gone into that Palace job and and re, uh, sort of. Re, um, we produce similar results. Done all right. I mean, they've, they've, I think they've, they've won seven and lost seven. Like mm-hmm. they've been really like they're in the top half. Well, that's Pardew all over, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just brilliant or terrible. Yeah, he, he just can't get a well. He, I say he can't get a consistent run of results. He does sometimes go on a little bit of a streak, but he just can't seem to maintain it over over a season. Or, or it's the same thing. Like. They've they've lost games that they, they really shouldn't have. Yeah, and yet they picked up points against teams they yeah, really shouldn't have had no right in doing. We, we talked about it last week. He's just he's really good at getting the best out of just one or two key players. When that when he's got two or three key players firing, he kind of makes their game about getting them the ball. And, and when gives some teams will come up against that and just mark them out of it, and that's when he loses because he's got no plan B, as we always say. But when when he has players like Zaha, Balassi, and and Kabai, like you said, he's having a cracking season again. They'll, They'll just win them games. They'll get them loads of points, and that's that's all you need to do as a manager to, yeah. to be to be half decent these days. Do you think when the inevitable happens, and it will happen, mark my words, it'll happen, and Palace start to tumble down the league when Pardew really gets his grips on the team? <laughs> do you think that it's going to be there'll be a similar situation there to what there was up here? Do you think he's going to end up hated by the fans, or are they just going to? How long are they going to put up with it before they realise that Alan Pardew is a terrible football manager? I don't think it'll be the same just because obviously I think the thing that I mean people dislike him um, but I think they dislike him more so as well because he's he's part of the, the Ashley um, sort of team and, and everything that's associated with that um, yeah, there's, there's so many more things to be frustrated about up here at the minute yeah. that if Palace started going on a bad run yeah they'd get a bit disgruntled in him and he might end up losing his job and at Palace if you if you lose 10 games in a row you'd probably get sacked didn't happen in Newcastle yeah. <laughs> Uh, final question in this section is a pretty easy one, I think. Sadly, oh, we're getting relegated. Sigh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we are. I, I can't because I don't think McLaren will get sacked until it's too late. Yes, we're going to get relegated. Yeah. My thoughts exactly, Ben. Yeah, at this stage, like the way things are going, it's going to take um, some massive recruitment in January just to get in a few players that will come in and make it solid. Um, whether they want to do that I don't know I mean you've, you've seen Ashley do it before when we had that January where we looked like we're going down and they 
they've brought, brought in Alexis Soko and people like that they spent a bit of money then um, and For it was me, clear, that was clearly a panic to, to sort of give the team a boost in it it worked that year but I don't know I think the only sort of positive we've got to cling on to is that there are some shocking teams in the league around where that are sort of we're still hanging on at their coattails but um, you, you wonder are we going to sort of fall that far behind uh, adrift by January that it'll be too late For me um, the last thing we need in this January window is a a group of foreign players coming. Oh, but uh, it's yeah. the last thing we need. We need some established Premier League players that are going to grab this team by the neck and say this is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. If we if we okay. sign fi- even if they were good, even if we sign five good French players again this January, I, th- I think would would still struggle. They, I mean, it's it's interesting. I don't even know that. I mean, yes, ideally would we need um, players with Premier League experience, but I don't think they all need to be that. I think we just need some players with a bit of fight and a bit of hunger. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk about. Um, sort of the the players that are coming, the, the players that are playing really well at the minute. Um, we were talking the other day, the likes of Aaron Cresswell at West Ham is a really good player. Obviously, Jamie Vardy's the big one at the minute. That the players that have arrived from the lower leagues that have had to scrap their way up here and and they work hard and they they appreciate that they're they're not the most talented in the world, but they they've got the work rate and they've they've got here the hard way. You need players like that that want to earn. Yeah. In the right to play in the Premier League, and I think you, you're, there's probably a few young yeah. players in the Championship that could come in and do a good job. To be fair, yeah, I, I don't think it's about Premier League or British players or anything like that. I mean, the last time we were in this absolute shocking situation, probably not as bad as it was now, but we went and bought, was it, I think, five players? Four of them were French in January when we were in the relegation zone, and they, they were like, you know, it's all out. We bought, I think, Goufran, who uh, had, they had, to, they had things to prove, didn't Goufran, they? They came with Debushi, Hydara, all, yeah, that's, yeah. It probably wouldn't happen this time because. Uh, we've almost exhausted that kind of player who might be a bit hungry. <laughs> They're not going to come to Newcastle these days because that's it's not it's not the best place to, to go and I play d- your football. I don't know. Though, I mean, I, I agree with your point, but at the same time, the players know what what they've come to in terms of actually uh, they, they know what the club's about. Ashley's gonna if they do well, Ashley's gonna sell them on for profit, and they'll you, you look at the likes of Debussy. It worked perfectly for him. He's here for what two years tops. And God, he's moved to Arsenal. Okay, it's not worked out for him, but yeah. but that's the it's. So by that logic, we shouldn't have went out and bought three fifty million players oh, in yeah, the summer because they've all you know it's, it's it's worked out terribly. Yeah, well, let's move on. I don't want to think about that Palace game anymore. <laughs> no, I'm going to do another round of Doggers game, which has basically been unsuccessful. It goes down so badly when you do it. <laughs> um, Good luck, Mickey. So, <laughs> Goes. He's a grafter. We need more like him in the team, though. <laughs> he doesn't take this criticism lightly. He carries on grafting away, just right. like Mike Williamson. He carries on <laughs> trying. He's terrible, but he ca- he carries on. Uh, for anyone listening, let us know if you you beat the lads to the answer. You can't guess until there's been two clues, and you only get one guess per round. You know the you know the score. Mm-hmm. Clue number one: I was born on the 29th of May, 1976, and I'm five feet eleven. Clue two. I made my debut in 1996 and was voted the best defender in my league in 1999. I was part of a side that won the league title six times in a row, starting in 2002. Ronnie Johnson. No. Six times in a row. Oh. Nobody's ever done that in England. Saul Campbell? No. Nobody's ever done that in England. Oh, all right. I was song? A you a long, uh, no, you only get one guess per round, oh. but that's wrong. Uh, I was appointed manager of my national team's under-15s in 2013, but was sacked earlier this year, and I made two full international appearances for my country. Two. Marcelino. No. 
Oh, I was going to say Craig Moore, but he played a lot more than that. Mm. For, I think that. I don't know. I made twenty-nine appearances for Newcastle, scoring two goals. And I'll tell you, obviously, you know, he's a defender. He's a centre half. I was famously subbed after 18 minutes. Is it Kash Kashapa? What his name? Yeah, Kashapa. Yeah, Kashapa. Stupid little saying it. Yeah, halfway in the middle. Yeah, it makes it into an S, not a sh. Kashapa. 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 Do you remember that? Do you remember that Portsmouth game? Oh yeah. Three nil down after like 10 minutes. I was at home. I had glasses of fever, and it was the first game I missed in years. And I put it on. Like two, two or three minutes in, and I think we were two nil down against Portsmouth at home. Yeah, and I was Cla- just like, "Well, I'm not watching this." Yeah, Claudio, I think I think that's enough. <laughs> get, get yourself off, cash. Eighteen minutes, and then they said he was injured as well. They said he had a hamstring well, injury. The heart didn't. Uh, that's humiliating. That is. Imagine getting subbed off after eighteen. Minutes. To be fair, there's been a fair few performances that have warranted being hauled off that have been lucky enough not to. To be fair, but can you think? Uh, this wasn't supposed to be part of the show. Can you think of anyone who's had a worse time, like a worse individual performance for Newcastle than that, that 80 minutes at Casaba? Because he was disgracefully bad. It was a joke. <laughs> like a, an absolute jambers. I don't know. You've put one on the spot there. It's you could, you could say lots of performances this season have been similar to that level of terribleness. There was a Williamson last season away at Burnley where he got hauled off at half time. Yeah. Pretty much <laughs> just a bad. Because he's just. It's just not good enough to play in, in, that, <laughs> in a game of football with, with decent Premier League players. And that was Burnley. It's hardly yeah. the, the yeah. best. But no, yeah, he's you, if you had told us that question a few hours ago, we might have had a chance to think of something, but no. I've only just thought of it now. Yeah. Uh, Williamson injured, by the way. Thinking on my feet. Back off loan to, to come out of the uh, team. Well, anyone, anyone listening, if you want to tweet in, if you can think of a, a performance worse than 18 minutes of Claudio Casaba in like 2006 or whatever it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, side you want to do your game or should we save it? Um we'll 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 leave a bit more time before the game. Okay. Well I'll just prepare one now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look at um we'll look at Liverpool then. Ah, do I have to? Yeah, Ben, how bad's it gonna be? Um I'm worried. One of, one of the lads that um that I worked with today was, was saying he, he feels like we're gonna get a draw just because everything's going so wrong. It's like the the type of Game where we'll, we'll just we'll do something completely unexpected and just hold a romp in Liverpool if just scored six against yeah. Southampton who have proper defenders. Um, I used to think that I used to think, oh, well, it's Newcastle. You never know. Like we'll always do something that right. no one expects. But at the minute, I just it, don't yeah, even believe that. Yeah, happen, exactly. Right? I, I think I've, I was saying in the week. I think we'll do well to keep the next two games the, the goals tally down to single figures. Just I think Spurs and Liverpool are probably two of the former teams in the, yeah. the league at the minute, and it's it's just not the games you need. Um, but at the same idiot. time, <laughs> you we've, we've been saying that's sort of been we've been putting my hopes on McLaren on every time saying, "Oh well, we'll get these tough games out of the way," and then we've got games coming that we we might do something, in, and we've just not done anything in the games, <laughs> and now these tough games are coming back back around, and it's just. It's just a, a shambles. We're going to be we're going to be rooted to the bottom of the table after Christmas. Uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, only just Villa. Just on that, v- Villa will help there. Just on that, Lord Spiceman's been in touch and he said he's worked out we've picked up sixty-five points in seventy-five games. How we're not in the championship? <laughs> That's like, how? It's incredible that yeah. we're still even <laughs> afloat with with that. That's absolutely disgraceful uh, <laughs> and very interesting, Lord Spiceman. How long did it take you to work that out? Yeah, Sai. Let's give us a score then. What do you think the score is going to be on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> no, in a couple of months. 
I was, I was, I was looking at Twitter. You're talking about Liverpool and, and, and yes. Spurs. Yeah, I think they'll both be at least three. I, and I, I don't think, think I don't think we'll score in either game. No, we won't. Definitely not. I I think we're going to lose seven or eight and against Liverpool at the weekend. I think it's going to be an absolute whitewash. It'll, I think it's going to be one of those games where towards the end Liverpool don't even want to try anymore. They just can't be bothered. It's going to be that kind of <laughs> where they've just battered us so much that they're not even they don't even care anymore. How oh, uh, ref just blow the whistle, please. <laughs> we can't take any more of this. Yeah. Um, well, if there is any possibility at all of getting a positive result out of this game, what do we need to do differently? To be, to be honest, I, I mean, obviously we we, we can't afford to throw games away. We need need all the points we can get, but. I just want to see a change in attitude. I just want to see some fight. I just want to see players responding. If if we go down, I, I don't want to see them just give up and and just wilt and give teams ten, five five goal head start or whatever. Just just show something. Show a bit of ability. I mean, we've got some good players in that team that shouldn't be out of sort of out of the depth against Liverpool. But just obviously, you, you put them in this t- in this team, surrounded by some of the players they are, and they they get brought dragged down to that level. Um, I hope he makes some changes, just to, to basically just to sort of lay a message out there that the performances haven't been good enough, and, and you're going to get dropped if you if you carry on playing like that. He's got to make some changes at the minute. It's just it's it's too easy for players to put to just trot out on a Saturday or Sunday, just <laughs> leave absolutely nothing on the pitch in terms of just in terms of quality. I mean. How Anita is still getting the game really, and I know it's, it's probably unfair to pick him out as one of them, but it, he's just not it's, done it's, anything. It's not, it's not he's, he's not warranted any any sort of um, praise or, or anything. He doesn't deserve to be in the team playing the way he is. And there are players in there that have been on the bench. I mean, we'll keep talking about CMD Young. I mean, I don't know what what yeah. he, he plays. He doesn't play the same position, but can he do any worse than Anita? At least he's comfortable on the ball. Yes, he wants to be going forward, but. He's comfortable on the ball. He'd, he'd do a better job in front of the back four than Vernon and has been doing. Just do try, just try like, something, try it. Is he just not turned up the train or something? Like what? What could yeah. he possibly be doing to not have got a game so far? I know. In this run, I don't know. I it's mean, almost uh, as if McLaren's scared to use him as well Mc, in case Mc, he gets Mc, injured. McLaren made a big point of Anita at the start of the season, and he seems to have a thing for him. Like, he, but he did drop <laughs> him and we started picking up points, and then he put well, him back in. Have, have your little thing, take him out for dinner or something. Steve, <laughs> don't really give him a game <laughs> uh, yeah. on Saturday. I mean, um, someone someone on Twitter earlier mentioned that as well. That um, I can't remember who it was, so I'm not going to give you a shout out, unfortunately. But uh, it was just yeah, if, if Sam Young should be in the team just on the grounds that he's not not as big big a loser as her as a Sissoko. Um But yeah, I, I think you could take any number of players out of the team and just just put some of the other ones in, just because we need to, f- to freshen it up. I would, dro- I would drop Paul Dummett. Yeah, mean, and Babu. We've, or we've, be, we've been as a critic for, for lots of reasons. Maybe sometimes a little bit harshly, but he can't play left-back and he's been rubbish for four or five games in a row now. Yeah, we kept clean sheets at Bournemouth, but we're very lucky to do so. He's not a good footballer. He can't play left-back. And he's had a handful of OK games at centre-half. The fact that he's playing every week for Newcastle without fear of getting dropped is ridiculous. Who comes mm-hmm. in? Anyone in Babu? Anyone is in the reserve? Is Babu fit or not? Uh, he was on the bench yeah. recently. Uh, if he's fit, he should come in, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, or I would, I don't know, I would, I would mess around with it, put someone at right back, put, put Yama, that, anything, just change it around, these players can't play in this position. <laughs> I'd drop Colaccini as well, Colicini he's been so yeah. stinkingly bad. I was I was thinking, to be honest, I mean, obviously, we're so, we've got, we're so thin at the back that, yes, I would 
pull Coventry out centre back, so I'd probably even try him as the holding midfielder. It's, it's At least he's a bit one. stronger. He's good on the ball and he can sort of tackle. But if he's in sort of the holding midf- midfield role, just ahead of the, the back four, he's got the. He, he doesn't need. He's, he can he can get burnt because there's going to be cover behind him. But he's at least he's sort of he knows how to defend, unlike the rest of the midfielders that have been put in that sort of role. So try something like that. Just put try try and mix it up a bit. It's, it's, when, it's when you start thinking about this that you realise how how bad it is. Like McLaren, for all his faults, what's he got to work with? We haven't got a left back. We haven't got one. Mm-hmm. We've got no one who can play left back that's fit. We've got a centre half who's well into his thirties. He lost all of his like attributes that made him a good player once and he's still the captain somehow and um, just dishing out the uh, the miniature heroes here uh, well, he's, he's got no options like w- w- you want to change it but there's not really many people you can change around yeah there's no defenders to come in is there that, it was Williamson and LaSalle isn't both the, the, the obvious thing is give De Jong a game what's he got to do What he can't do any worse than, than some of the players that have been playing LaSalle's I, I, I'm not even convinced he's that good but he can again can't do worse than Colacini or Dummett have been doing for for Six weeks or something now. Um, I don't know who else Wallace can do. Tovan wasn't very good against Leicester. Yeah, he doesn't look very good at football. No. He just looks exactly the same as Cabela, but we're a year behind with him. I Cabela mean, would I, have been settling I, in a little bit by now. It's got so bad. I'm thinking in my head, should we be resorting to giving Gufran a game, like oh in centre mid instead of instead of Anita? The thing is, I no, no, I'm not going to say it. No, no, I'm not having it. It is. It's an absolutely dreadful set of circumstances we're in, and it's it's just going to keep getting worse. But who, who? I mean, I know we were being quite positive at the start of the season, but you have to be new manager, a, few, a couple of signings. You've got to be a little bit positive. But who, who in that boardroom of of of, um, of Graham Carr, supposedly football people, Graham Carr, Monker, who was looking at that squad thinking we'll do all right here, knowing that every year we've had a couple of injuries and it's absolutely decimated. Who who looked at that and thought we're not going to run into trouble here? The problem is, like you talk about these football people on the board, but are they really like Graham Carr? Dodgy's the one to talk about him, but he, he can't stand him. He hasn't actually done anything that good for us at all. Bob Monker, like cup winning captain for us like fifty years ago, and hasn't done anything relevant since. Why has he got a Why has he got a spot on the board? Has he got any say in the transfers? If he has, it's outrageous. And then Steve McLaren's on the board, the only manager in the league, but apparently still ha- also has no say in transfers. They, these football people that are on the board aren't football people at all. That's a, that's the biggest problem with all of it. Well, it's Lee Charnley is the <laughs> Charnley is the lead, lead man, giant, isn't he? Really, giant thumb who used to be the kit man for the reserves. It's an absolute joke. That just doesn't like it doesn't happen. Again, Dodgy's the one to talk to about this, but he's in charge. He's like this, the CEO of a, like a multi, <laughs> multi million power. If company. only Dodgy was here to do some research on, <laughs> on these things that we're trying to talk about, you, you would never get that anywhere else, would you? Someone just like. Someone who was literally ground level like ten years ago is now the top man at the club. It's you shouldn't get it in football. It's an absolute farce. It's a total farce. Uh, so yeah, let's let's move on. I don't I don't really want to talk about what's going to happen. So let's look at me- um, memories of Liverpool. Uh, I want I want to hear about your your favourite and your least favourite games against Liverpool. I'll go through a couple of the ones on Twitter. Alex Wilson has gone with one of my least favourite ones as well. Six nil at home. That was in oh, 2012. Was one of your least favourites. 2012, 13. That was a that was a real bad one. That, that was t- David. I guess played in that game, didn't he? Was that the one? I guess I came so. in at uh, right back or left back and had a shot. That was in like 2012, man. David, I was long gone by then. Oh, yeah. 
but we we just got absolutely annihilated. And he, uh, Alex Wilson says he could see from the kickoff the way it was going. That's totally right. You could within five minutes you knew we were going to get battered, and then six and at home against anyone. Is, we went out ten men, didn't we? Or was yeah, it nine? D- no, Debussy got sent off. Mm-hmm. It was just ten. Um, anyone else? Mark Blair threatens three 0 to Liverpool. Went down to nine men a couple of years ago, didn't we? I think it was away at Liverpool. Oh. It was the last game of the season. And we'd, yeah, we'd, yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. Yeah, Jamie's also gone with the the 6-0, said he was living in France and working with someone, a, a scouser at the time. Um, he's also said that the Robert free kick, which I think is the one that features in goal. Yeah, that yeah. was class. Uh, that, was remember, a good game. That, that was one of the few games I've got that season. It was yeah. class. Yeah. Um, Sai, do you want to give us your favourite? Um, it was the season we finished fifth and we beat uh, Liverpool when Enrique was in that team. In goal and Carl got booked for diving. Yeah, and um, that the 3-1? 2-0. 2-0, yeah. both. Yeah, and just singing at Enrique um, about about finishing fifth. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, <laughs> he kind of saw the future because since then it's been absolutely as he predicted. This club's just gone nowhere. <laughs> True, but it's not, he's also done absolutely nothing at all. Yeah, he's gone nowhere. No winners in this one, Enrique. No winners. Both as bad as each other. Yeah, Ben. Favorite game. Uh, the three-one Padres first game. I think was class. Just Carroll absolutely um, bossed them. Yeah, um, yeah, and it just came, it was a result that came out of nowhere. Really, I mean, I, I didn't expect it whatsoever. Um, Liverpool weren't. Was Pardew actually in charge, or was he not just watching it? No, no, no that was his, that was his first was game. It? Yeah. yeah, and it, obviously, I mean, it was against Kenny, where Kenny Dalglish too wasn't on the best of times. <laughs> I but completely forgot that that happened. Kenny Dalglish was Liverpool <laughs> yeah. manager for a bit, and like, but, uh, in this in this yeah. century, <laughs> wow. But it did, like obviously they they weren't going so. So well, but you, this, like, you wouldn't have dreamed of them getting beaten at Anfield. Um, we went over then and just put in a class performance. Oh, Carol was, was brilliant. I'm sure it was at home. Like, was it at home? I'm was sure it? it was at home. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but um, aye. And, and, and Rico went and Nets that game as well. What? Um, when we beat them two 0 Yeah. yeah. Um, the keeper got injured and they the used all the subs because they're sending off. I'm sure you've already uh, said that. Did we? No. Did he not? Yeah, he, he had to go. He had to play. Yeah, Nets. He had to go in Nets. Yeah. yeah. Was did we mention worried. that? I'm pretty sure we didn't say it because it it just, yeah, it just came back to us. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah, that was it. Was absolutely beautiful watching him go and go. Ben, <laughs> I watched that game. Um, Paul, <laughs> in fact, game. Lord Spicevans just tweeted in favorite memory: Jose Enrique and goal. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, I watched that three-one game in a bar in London. I was living in London at the time, and it was literally full of the brim of like Cockney scousers, <laughs> which I didn't even know was a thing. And they were all like giving it the big. I was the only Toon fan. They were all like giving it the big one before the game. So I, I think I was wearing my top or something. Or mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna we're gonna bat ears, and then we smashed them through one. I was just sat there, arms aloft at the end. <laughs> like, Get in. Uh, my favorite, fav- well, one of my favorite games against Liverpool was my first away game as an adult. Uh, my dad took us for my birthday. It was just before me and you went to Blackburn side that year. Mm-hmm. Um, what what age was this? Just uh, I think I was like fourteen or something. So not as an like, <laughs> but I mean as like not as a six year old. My yeah. dad took us to someone when I was much younger, and like we we got on one of the mental buses where everyone was drinking the whole way down. We got there, uh, went to this this pub called the Arkle. Did we drink on this trip? You went there. This I was with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, <laughs> 
We got to the, got to the pub and someone had the donkey from Shrek with a little like a little tune top on. Everyone was singing about the donkey being shorter, <laughs> which was class. And that was it. Was also the point where everyone had the everyone was singing shoes off, and this bloke just out of nowhere stood on a table and took his false leg off. <laughs> Legs off if you love a tune. Fourteen-year-old me, never been to a, an away game really before, was just like, "This is the best thing ever." I was sat two rows up, and Clivert scored after about ten minutes or so. And I just like sprinted, jumped over, sprinted towards him. And I was literally thought at the time, like, this is the best thing in the world. We're the best team in the world. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Lee Boyer got sent off and we lost 3 <laughs> 1. So, not a good end, but that was like, that was when I realised what we just killed like. that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the journey home wasn't so fun. Like, what a great I was day. also dead, like, dead hungover by the time I, I was yeah. on the bus on the way back. But. Before, Fourteen year old mate, you was that a flat half, half a shandy or something? <laughs> like a couple of cans. There's a few lads behind <laughs> us, like twenty odd year old lads that were just buzzing that I was drinking. <laughs> those fourteens so just kept giving us cans of Stella. I was mortal by the time I got to Liverpool. Um, yeah, move on. Move on to worst games. Ben, I'll come to you first. Uh, I think that, as you say, that the six nil was just, just hard to watch, everyone. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, was it was it round uh, the New Year as well, Christmas or? I can't really remember. I just remember. I just remember. The I'm sure game. it was bo- like a Boxing Day game or something, and we got absolutely smashed. Um, and yeah, it was just. It was a bit like the team now. It was just so easy. Um, and it just there was no no sort of positives to take from it. It was pathetic. Yeah. It was. It was the f- like. It, it would been so good under Pardew two seasons previously, and would give them the benefit of the doubt for the season where we're in Europe, and you know. We'd played a lot of stupid games all over the continent, and the league just, just, you know, lots of people suffer in the Europa League, uh, in the Premier League when they're in the Europa League. But this was when you first started to realise that it was just going nowhere under Pardew. That like that capitulation, that give up, that kind of, oh well, we'll just we'll just get hammered here, and maybe we'll we'll, we'll pick it up again next week, which is never acceptable. Not, not at a home game, not with fifty thousand home fans, and um, players getting sent off. Debussy got sent off, didn't he? Um, just, just it was just. Well, we're going straight back to what we were, you know, just, just, just trudging along in the league with, with, with no real aim. But at least that's how I felt. Yeah. I, I was one of the worst, worst walking away from the ground that day. It was like, oh, we're not, we're not, we haven't turned a corner. That that season was just a one-off under Pardew. Yeah, another one of my least favourite uh, games against Liverpool. I can't really remember the context of the game, or or even why it upset me as much as it did. Now, to be honest, but it was when. We lost five one at home, and Gerard was just sensational. I think he set three, set three up, and scored two. But like, just the difference. That might have been the Boxing Day game. The actually. difference in class between us and Liverpool that day was just astronomical, and it was still at the point where we were we, we weren't that far away from them, or shouldn't have been that far away from them. Um, and loads of our fans were like applauding Gerard while we were still playing, which I can't. I can't have that. Like, if if someone's playing against Newcastle at Newcastle, they should be getting booed or shouted at. We should be we should make it hard for people, not easier. When he realizes he's getting clapped by the entire home end and the away end, he's only going to play better, isn't he? It's not going to make him any worse. So I hated that game. I hated I hated watching Newcastle fans cheer another player. It happened also with Lampard once. Uh, I think just after he played for England, he got applauded every time he went for a corner. And I just can't I can't have it. Even Vardy, I was annoyed at last week. I, I'm happy to applaud like applaud people after the game and stuff like that, but not during it. Don't make it easier for them. Make it harder. That was the game I was talking about where I think David Edgar played and it was 
28th of December, so it was around the Christmas period. Yeah. And just, yeah, as you say, it was just a pathetic performance. Um, <laughs> Ryan Babel like, scored in that game so for that, who was absolutely useless. <laughs> and it was just, it was just pathetic. Just we, we got absolutely smashed. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, Liverpool more generally in a minute, but first, I think we've got a size game. Are you ready with your game, Si? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's been a while, actually, since I've done a size game. Uh, Dogger's game has, has come to the fore. You know, he's, he's excelled himself every week. The, the much, well, the has much, he? And I, and I think it's, I think it's, it's served its time, really, hasn't it? So we'll, we'll go back to the size game. Um, for anyone who's new to it, I'm going to read a list of players who have um, played alongside this player who's got a Newcastle collection. So the answer is someone who's played for Newcastle, and all of these players... In, in this order have played alongside him so it's in like chronological order so I'll start off um, John Dahl Thomason at Newcastle no no you just you just, you just uh, mixed that one up a bit uh, Robert Perez Robert Perez Shola Danny Guthrie Colchini? Nick Castle's yet? Nope. I've got absolutely no idea. Uh, I'll keep going. I so can't it's even tell who John Dahl Thomason played for before us. Is it? Oh, before us. Yeah, he was from. Was it PSV? Or was it final? I think it was PSV. John, yeah. John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby? Yeah. You need more? Yeah, I need more. Luis Suarez? Is it Luis Enrique? Uh, not Luis. <laughs> Jose. You sorry. mean the former Barcelona striker? <laughs> Luis Enrique. <laughs> it is Jose Enrique. Jose yes. Enrique. Sorry. When did he play with John Dahl Thomas? Yeah. Uh, at Villarreal before Tony Castle with, with Perez as well. Oh, I didn't know Perez played for Villarreal. Yeah. The next I one was, was Mario Balotelli. I was never going to get that. I think as soon as I got to the Liverpool players, I thought it was going to be quite yeah. uh, quite easy. Well, that was that was not in here. Almost that, as sorry. bad as your doggers game. That the two that was just because we we're absolutely useless. I was just I was stuck on a Yondal Thomas and thinking about where he played there. Did Fair he not play for PSV Eindhoven? I'm sure he did. Probably. Can I, if anyone's on Twitter, let us know. Did he? Why? Why? <laughs> I just want to know. We All could right. look it up, but we're doing a radio show, so. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, I was going to do a bit about festive football. But we probably haven't really got time to do it justice. So and I'm not feeling very festive, and I hate football right now. So yeah, so <laughs> we'll leave we'll leave that one. Not a good chat. Uh, I do want to talk about Liverpool more generally, though. And played for Feyenoord and Heerenveen. Feyenoord and Heerenveen. Oh well, there you go. Um, this thing about it being Liverpool's year, we haven't had it for a couple of years now. Um, since the the slip. Are people generally saying it's Liverpool's not, year? Not this year, but no. for the first time, I think there could be a, the prospect that it could be Liverpool's year. My question for you two is, has Klopp single-handedly turned them into title challengers? And is he going to build them into title challengers? Or is it just a flash in the pan and they're just going to stay fourth? He's benefiting, benefiting from a really poor Premier League yeah. year. Like everyone, Nobody's playing well. Like, oh, this, If there was ever a year that you thought Arsenal might might do something, this was it. And yet they've just, they're having loads of like the best players are getting injured. They're dropping points against terrible teams. And they're just just doing an Arsenal. Yeah, just Wenger being Wenger, really. Um, and then Man City are just so inconsistent as well. You thought they would be the ones to sort of they start the season really well, obviously with Chelsea struggling, and they were looking, they were blowing teams out of the water at the start of the year, and then 
they've just started making some bad mistakes and and uh, losing losing some poor games. So it's just it's just wide open that anyone that can put together a good run is doing really well. Obviously, Chelsea know where to be seen still, and it's yeah. just left. I mean, the likes of you look at the teams who look the most solid at the minute. Spurs have been really impressive. Um, obviously, they smashed Man City recently. Um, they obviously out. They, they should have beaten Chelsea the other week, and they 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 look really good. Um, and they've got a young hung- hungry squad that are playing well for the, for the manager. Um, you've got Man U that aren't doing anything spectacular, but they're just really difficult to beat. There, yeah. they're so defensive that they're they're just they're nicking games basically. Um, so it it is there for anyone. And, and as I say, Man, Man U were sitting in the league. Leicester, Leicester are top. Um, and you wouldn't City say are, they're City they're are top. Oh, top. So you're top. Sorry, but Leicester were were top yeah. for a period. And they're still up there. And just they're not brilliant teams they're just they're just the most consistent so it's it's really there for, as I say for a team that can just show up and and just have a, a, a good go on a good run which I think the, the two teams at the minute that look most likely to do it are, as I say Spurs and Liverpool it's a big opportunity for them you say that I mean obviously they've, they've won the last two games well they've absolutely smashed the last two games Liverpool obviously they, they, they destroyed City um, but before that, they'd only won one in four. It's not like they've, they're in great form. Obviously, no. But that I think that's his point: is that it's since Klopp's come in. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, you can see them going on a bit of a run. And obviously, yeah, if, if other teams continue to, to to drop points as they have been doing, I still can't look past one of the Manchester teams really for the title. I think City will probably probably do it. You think Man United have got a chance of winning the title? They just keep winning games. Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I, can, I think I think one of the two teams, Man United, will definitely get top four. Man City will probably win the league. And then you're looking at the Champions League spots. It's really interesting, actually. There's, there's, there's four or five teams that you could realistically say could could occupy the, the top spot. I think Man U and, and City are, are kind of above everyone else at the minute. You've got to give Leicester credit for being up there. I'll be really impressed if they stay in the top four. I reckon top six for them. But you never know. If they keep everyone fit, they could somehow hang on. Um, and then you're looking at who out of Arsenal, Liverpool and Spurs can just hold it together and put a run in. Arsenal have had a bit of a mare recently. I've up so much if Arsenal didn't get to the top four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be so funny. It's, it, I think you're right. I think it's it's there for for definitely for one of those teams to to you know finish finishes a lot higher than you would have expected at the start of the season. I don't think any one of them will win the league. I think it'll be City. Um, and then you, you just don't know Chelsea are Chelsea that far too far away? Yeah, do you think? They, yeah. they're not yeah. going to recover. So that, that, there's your chance for for someone like a Leicester or or, or maybe Spurs. To get top four, they're about twelve. I think they're about twelve points off the pace, aren't they, Chelsea? Yeah. Something ridiculous. I think more than that, but you, ju- you can't more see them. That. You can't see the teams above them dropping. I mean, basically, it would take Chelsea not losing another game this season, yeah. probably yeah. having to win the majority of them, and it would still be asking a lot for the the teams up there dropping points. So, I, I, I think they'll do well to to get anywhere near Europe um, this season. So, do you think? Do you think Klopp will turn Liverpool into? A, I a think he's just if you he's just got I mean he's got players who have been very average at the Liverpool in, in the Liverpool career so far playing really well and they've they've bought into the system which worked really well for Rodgers when he first went there when they had Suarez Sturridge was fit um, they were pressing high putting defenders under pressure and that was because they had Suarez who was so good just just um, basically put, put putting the defenders and, and his work rate was brilliant and they haven't quite found someone to replace that but they've got players that are willing to run um, they're getting Henderson back now who just runs all day and he's going to fit in really well into that system um, Coutinho obviously has been a big big player that there's been a lot of focus on 
he was sort of thinking that it was maybe going to be a bit too big for him because he, he was brilliant last season, but then all the pressure was on him to, to do it this season. And then he, he just started sort of recently the Chelsea game, obviously, where he pretty much won it single-handedly. And he's just starting to find that sort of um, that, that role within the team of where, where he can... And, can sort of use the, the players around and Firmino played he worked really well with Firmino in the City game and they had that connection going I think that's going to be key to them they don't really Benteke and Sturridge have been out as well so when they come back in it's like a really good opportunity they've got two strikers there that if if they were fit all season should be getting 20 goals a piece and when you've got that sort of firepower you can't help but, but be sort of up, up at the top end of the, the league and if you think just that he seems to have sorted them out defensively as well, the, the frailties at the back have been solved by the the weight rate of the midfield and the, the forwards doing sort of the defensive work at, at the top end of the pitch. And I think that's allowed the, the defence to sort of just be come get a bit more comfortable and, and they look a lot more assured now. They're not making the stupid mistakes they were. Lovren isn't as exposed as he was. And I think it's just that it's, it's getting them playing football away from their own goal and, and playing in the right areas that suits them and all of that is about this this confidence and I, th- I think it's it, it's a pay, it, you've got to give Klopp credit he's got them buying into the fact that they know this is working and obviously that it's only going to keep going while the results are working but when it is the confidence is there everyone's willing to, to work a lot harder to, to sort of pull that off and it's fair play to him I think he's, he's it is because of him that they've got this, this confidence that is working for them so well yeah I mean, obviously, I don't think they're quite good enough to win the league this year. I think it would take some. They're still, I think, six or seven points off the top. They're not, you know, it's, it's going to take some some solid runs of form to to, to really make that possible. Um, I think he, he's capable of getting them a, in, in, into a title position within a couple of years. So he's just he's just a manager with a plan, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's the absolute opposite of what we are at the minute. Yeah. He's he's come into the team and made and made some obvious improvements and made some obvious like changes to to how they're playing football. Um, that. <laughs> They're not going to win the league, but they're going to smash us on the on Sunday. Let's yeah. be honest. For everything you've just said, Ben, they'll, they'll tear us. They'll tear us apart. <laughs> I dread, I just dread to see Vinita doing his favourite thing, which is get the ball just sort of on his own, no one around him, but panic and just pass the ball into no man's land, <laughs> where there will be three Brazilian. And then they'll just run straight yeah. past him like yeah. they do. Like oh. it's going to happen. He'll get put. They'll put pressure on them, and, and they'll lose the ball in a dangerous position. But yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday after uh, we are demolished by Liverpool on <laughs> Sunday. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter at Weekly Pod. Um, <laughs> Alex has done a match preview on the True Faith website, which is apparently really good. Obviously, I've not read it. Um, get in touch with us on yet. the, fi- the <laughs> yet yeah. Get in touch with us on the Facebook page, which is uh, just True Faith. Just search for that. Um, cheers for listening. See you later. Thank you. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.